Welcome into another episode of the CG Business Advisor Podcast, brought to you by CG Tax Audit and Advisory. I'm your host, Scott Seidenberg. It's November, and we are approaching the end of the year, and it's time to get those financial statements in order. We have an important topic to discuss on today's podcast, and it has to do with something that we talked about on a previous episode, which is PPP loans. But now we're going to get into the financial statement impact and the accounting policy impact of these PPP loans. Joining me today will be Carol Egan, a CPA, PSA, CGMA, and a director at CG Tax Audit and Advisory, as well as Anthony Toronto, a CPA and senior manager at CG Tax Audit and Advisory. Carol assists clients in the area of accounting and process improvement systems to favorably affect profitability. She has been instrumental in the design and implementation of automated financial reporting practices for many businesses and is recognized as an expert in this area. Anthony has over 13 years of experience. He joined CG about a year ago after spending over eight years at BDO USA and Live Person Inc., a publicly traded software and technology company. Anthony's focus is primarily on audit and attestation engagements, and he has also served entities involved in the IPO process. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to point out that the focus of this podcast is on commercial businesses, that is, for-profit businesses. CG will have another podcast episode coming in the near future where the focus will be not for-profit organizations, and one of the topics covered will be PPP loans and their impact on financial statements for them. The PPP loans, the Paycheck Protection Program, resulted in over $600 million of government funding to support eligible small businesses impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. The loans, which are potentially forgivable, have had a two- or five-year term and bear interest at 1% interest rate. While most businesses have been focusing the past few months on loan forgiveness, Many have not considered the accounting policies and financial statement impact related to these loans. Anthony, let's start with you. In previous episodes, we talked about businesses taking these loans, these PPP loans. So as we approach the end of the year, it's becoming time for these businesses to apply for loan forgiveness. Yes. So, you know, all these businesses got their PPP money, hopefully, back, uh, you know, in, in April, May, June, July. And now, you know, everyone's kind of shifted their focus from getting the money to getting that money forgiven. Um, you know, that's, that's the whole goal of, of this process and, and this program. But, um, you know, what a lot of businesses probably don't realize is that forgiveness process can be quite lengthy. Basically, the way it works is, you know, the individual companies who receive funds will apply for forgiveness with their lender. The lender will then look at the application, assuming they approve it. They then move that application over to the SBA for their review. And assuming that the SBA reviews it and approves it and doesn't have a lot of questions, they'll you know, turn around and give that money back to the lender. And then at that point, the lender will clear the borrower, or the company that got those PPP funds, of the, of the debt. And you know, that process could take upwards of five plus months to, to complete. So most businesses haven't applied for forgiveness yet and here we are in you know November beginning of November most companies aren't going to have forgiveness completed until sometime in 2021 so so obviously that has you know a pretty big impact on their 1231 uh, 2020 financial statements so that's what we wanted to you know talk about today 
And the criteria is constantly changing, though, right? And, and that's the other thing is, is the, the criteria is constantly changing. The SBA has changed the rules and regulations a number of times already, and you know we kind of anticipate that continuing to happen. I was talking to a banker a few weeks ago, and I said, hey, I know that you guys put up the application for forgiveness on your website, but it seems to be coming up and going down and coming up and going down. He said, yeah, every time the SBA changes the regulations, they have to pull the application down because it's not applicable anymore, hmm. make the updated changes, and then put it back up. So it, it, it's still early. Um, you know, there's not a huge rush to get this done right away, but clearly it's going to have an impact on businesses' 1231-2020 financial statements. So, Carol, how do these companies record these loans and the forgiveness of the loan, uh, obviously including that, in their accounting? Right. Well, that's what's actually very interesting is because a lot of for-profit businesses haven't really had government assistance in the past. So there's accounting and disclosure requirements for this government assistance that's provided to these for-profit businesses, and it has to be determined what it is. Is it a loan? Was it a payment for a good or service? Is it an income tax credit or a grant? Those are really the options that you have under um, accounting and disclosure requirements. So for the most part, it's, you have two options. It's either going to be the loan or it's going to be a grant. And how do you really determine what it is under this PPP program? So basically, companies just have to really carefully analyze all the facts and circumstances in determining which accounting treatment they're actually going to use. I will say most businesses are going to account for the PPP loans as debt, but that may not actually be the case or maybe in their best interest. Hmm. So although this PPP loan is actually legally debt because they've signed debt documents with the bank, um, some believe it's the loan, but in substance, really a government grant. So if it is a government grant, we have to follow one set of rules. And if it's treated as debt, we're going to continue to follow AICPA and U.S. GAAP, generally accepted accounting principles, guidance for that. So if, you, if an entity wants to treat it as a grant, then really they're going to follow international accounting standards, which sounds kind of funny because here we are with U.S. GAAP not following international accounting uh, standards. But the uh, staff of the Office of the Chief Accountant of the SEC, believe it or not, actually says that you can use a standard within IAS, the International Accounting Standard, which is the Accounting for Government Grants and Disclosure of Government Assistance, as long as certain uh, conditions and criteria are met. So how it's a matter of if you choose debt, then it's just treated like any other debt that's been on your balance sheet before if you've had bank loans. Uh, you may never have had a government grant before in your life. So um, you have to really kind of look at, at both of the criteria to see how you want to treat it. If you treat it as a grant, then it's going to just become deferred revenue on your balance sheet as opposed to debt. So those are really the, the two options that we have. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, Anthony, can you go into it a little further? It, let's say you treat it as a debt, how exactly that works? Yeah, sure. So so if a company does record it as debt, they're going to follow the guidance in ASC uh, 470. And you know, following that guidance has 
is kind of in line with the methodology that the AICPA anticipates seeing. Um, the SEC staff also came out and said they wouldn't object to anybody following that methodology. And, and you know, in, in reviewing some of the uh, public companies that have already filed some uh, interim financial statements, you know, they're, they're following that methodology. So I, I think it's a pretty safe bet at this point. Um, and in doing that, you know, you get your cash, you know, you receive your cash from from the bank. So you're gonna, you know, you're gonna debit cash, you're gonna credit uh, notes payable or debt, whatever is is standard for your your business. And then, you know, you're gonna you're gonna record the interest with that under uh, ASC subtopic 835, um, keeping in mind that you're not gonna impute additional accrued interest at a market rate, only what you know is related to this specific loan. And then you would continue to record the proceeds as that debt or as that note payable until either the loan is forgiven or the loan is repaid. Um, at the, if the loan is forgiven, uh, it's, it's a little different than if it's repaid. If it's repaid, obviously, it's just going to be a reduction of the note and a reduction of cash. If the loan is forgiven, uh, companies are going to need to pick up a gain on extinguishment uh, on their income statement. Um, so, so, you know, you're not getting off scot-free, uh, so to speak, but uh, you would have to pick up that game on, game on your income statement. And, Carol, you mentioned a little bit about treating it as a grant, but anything else that businesses should know if they were going to treat this as a grant rather than a debt? Uh, sure. Um, there is an AICPA technical Q&A, which is 3200.18, which is, um, I think, kind of a must-read. It's two, two-and-a-half pages long. Um, so if a borrower does elect to account for this PPP loan um, as a government grant, then and using the IAS, the International Accounting Standards Model, uh, if it's probable, that's a key U.S. Uh, gap threshold, that it will meet either the eligibility criteria of the PPP loan and the loan forgiveness criteria, then uh, it's treated as deferred revenue. and you would look to see the amount of your expenditures that you uh, paid under the loan, and you would just uh, do some sort of um, allocation, um, systematic and rational allocation of the proceeds into your revenue um, or income statement. It doesn't really go as revenue. It would go as other income um, on your income statement. So. The assessment is whether it's probable that the borrower will meet the eligibility and forgiveness criteria. Um, it's an ongoing one because as time goes by, you'd have to make sure that you're meeting it and whatever the client is actually uh, paying for the eligible expenses. So then also, we've mentioned it earlier, just continue to monitor the developments regarding the SBA's continued evaluation on eligibility and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, um, that Q&A, that 3200.18, it's not really the only source of non-authoritative guidance, um, but it's really sound guidance to, to follow. Anthony, any other impacts on financial statements as a result of these loans? Yeah, so, so you know, whether you decide to treat the loan as debt or decide to treat the, uh, the loan as a grant, you know, we talked about the balance sheet impact. We talked about the income statement impact. There's also going to be an impact on your, your cash flows. These, these loans are going to need to be recorded in your cash flow statement appropriately. So 
Um, and of course, like every other piece of accounting literature out there, there's differences if you decide to treat it as debt or treat it as a grant. So if you decide to treat it as debt, um, you know, the amount that you borrow is going to be uh, a cash inflow from financing activities and, you know, principal repayments, if you decide to actually repay your loan, would be cash outflows from financing activity. Interest payments uh, as outflows from operating activity. If you actually apply for forgiveness and, and you know, that forgiveness gets approved, the principal amounts forgiven will be shown as non-cash financing activities and the interest amount uh, forgiven is shown as a reconciling item between net income and cash from operations. A little bit different than, than if, it's a, if it's a grant. If you treat it as a grant, um, then you know, the, the company can make an accounting policy election to account for the proceeds received, paid, and forgiven on, those, on the loan within the same section of the, uh, the cash flow statement that they receive, uh, that they're recording expenses in. So, so a little different between the debt and, and the grant. Carol, so we talked about the businesses getting the money in and, and the impact that it has on their financial statements, but what about their tax calculations? That's always been a key question. So regardless of your financial accounting classification, whether you do it as debt or you do it uh, as a grant, these PPP loans are treated as debt for federal income tax purposes. Any interest, uh, as Anthony talked about earlier, is uh, deductible similar to other types of uh, interest on other debt. So, however, if the PPP loan is forgiven, the taxpayer can exclude that pro those proceeds as cancellation of debt income for the debt forgiveness. But under IRS Notice 2020-32, it clearly states that to the extent a taxpayer obtains the forgiveness, then the associated cost, the eligible cost, the payroll, the rent, the utilities, the mortgage interest, any health uh, uh, insurance costs, any eligible costs, to the extent that you've received loan forgiveness, here's what's key, is that they are considered non-deductible business expenses. So what does that really mean? Well, if they become non-deductible business expenses, this increases your taxable income. So that, that's what's really key in this matter is while the proceeds themselves may not be taxable to you, it's the expenses that you've used the proceeds to pay become non-deductible. And that, that's really uh, a key matter that everybody has to uh, fully understand. Wow. Um, yes, that's a wow. Mm -hmm. So uh, in some cases, I don't think necessarily clients have heard that piece of it. They've heard, oh, wow, I got these proceeds and they're not taxable. But to the flip side, then the expenses related to it are not. Now, there is talk about the IRS maybe changing their position, but nothing's been done about it yet. So at the moment, if you received your proceeds in the year 2020 um, and you've used those proceeds for the uh, appropriate eligible expenses, then therefore those expenses in 2020 uh, may not actually be deductible and you'd have higher income because of that. So what actually just happens then is when you file your tax return, you would have income on books, not on tax, and then you would have um, 
a difference between your book and, and tax income in, in that matter. Also, then you have expenses. Conversely, you have expenses per book, not on, on the tax return. So you have two different pieces that really just have to be uh, dealt with. It's the same logic to apply to calendar year ends as fiscal year end businesses. Because whether they treat it as debt or they treat it as grant, um, it's just time-wise. Because what happens uh, with a fiscal year, they may have gotten, all, gotten the proceeds all in their current fiscal year, but maybe not incurred all their expenses until post-fiscal year. So in that case, they're straddling two years. That is really interesting because I don't think a lot of people are, are, yeah. are familiar with that. Anthony, what other types of things should financial statements disclose? Yeah, so, you know, obviously this is, a, you know, an ever-changing um, issue faced by businesses. Um, so, you know, financial statement preparers are going to want to make sure that these, these notes and these loans are adequately disclosed in their financial statements, uh, you know, within their footnotes. So, you know, assuming that the, the notes are, whether you treat it as debt or you want to call it a grant, you know, assuming they're material to the financial statements, which I imagine they are, because if it wasn't material, chances are you wouldn't have applied for for the, the note to begin with. Um, you know, you want to make sure they're they're adequately disclosed. So you want to include, you know, what accounting literature you followed, whether it's ASC 470 or IAS 20. You know, did you treat it as a grant or did you treat it as, as debt? Um, where in the financial statements are the balances? You know, in the balance sheet, income statement, and cash flow. Um, you know, you want to, you know, include as much information as you can. It's better to be safe than sorry and uh, make sure things are, are, are adequately disclosed and there's no, there's no secrets in there. You know, the other thing to consider um, is just the timing that your financial statements are released. So, you know, initially I said it could take five plus months to, to, um, to, to get for the debt forgiven if, if uh, you don't, you know, release your financial statements to, till after um, the debt's forgiven, you know, you want to make sure you include that in your subsequent event footnote or in your debt footnote and say, hey, you know, I know we're carrying this balance at 12:31:19, but you know, if on XYZ date in 2021, that debt was forgiven. So, you know, if that does take place, you know, financial statement preparer should include a a subsequent event footnote to to make sure the reader knows exactly where things stand or, or um, conversely, if, if the debt uh, forgiveness wasn't approved and maybe only or partially approved, you know, they should disclose that to the reader of the financial statements as well. Carol, is there anything else that we haven't covered that should be considered when businesses are preparing their financial statements? Uh, yeah, there's a few other, there's also an additional to the PPP uh, loans. There was also an idle grant. Idle is the economic injury disaster loan advance. That was ten thousand uh, dollars. That just gets recognized in your financial statements as other income. Uh, two of the matters that you do need to consider with your financial statements: going concern. You need to consider the impact that this PPP loan has had on your financial statements on your business. So you need to consider the impact for that. Uh, conclusions regarding whether the ability to remain a going concern uh, are contingent upon receiving this debt forgiveness. And then another key one, and this is one not to, um, I know I'm mentioning it last, but it, it's important. 
are your debt covenants. If you have any other debt on your book and you have debt covenants, you must, I say must, I highly recommend that you take a look and see what the impact on your financial covenants are. Talk to your banker now. Don't wait until after year end. Um, I've always recommended to my clients be proactive on this. Talk to them. Tell them what the impact is. Uh, and don't spring it to them as a surprise when you give them the financial statement and say, oh, by the way, uh, we didn't meet this covenant. Well, we, you know, um, it's key. So be proactive in that one. I can uh, tell you that's my recommendation to all my clients. And where can people go for more information and guidance on this? I know, Carol, you mentioned the uh, AICPA technical Q&A. Uh, where can that be found? And just some other resources for people. Uh, sure. They can always go to the AICPA website um, and look for the Q&A for the 3200.18. Uh, uh, you can go to the SBA. You can always go to your bank's uh, websites and there's, uh, you can, of course, come to CG Tax Audit and Advisory website, contact Anthony or myself. We'll be more than happy to uh, provide additional resources. Well, this is great. Uh, a lot of information here that I think people might have overlooked as far as loans for businesses who are dealing with the pandemic and, and, and everything else. This is some really good information and some resources. So, Carol and Anthony, thank you so much for joining me today and for educating the audience. No problem. Thank you. Just some real interesting stuff there from Anthony and Carol. My thanks once again for them joining me on this podcast episode. Be sure to head to cgteam.com where all your questions can be answered by their advisory team. CG offers an array of advisory and consulting services designed to help you and your business reach and exceed your financial goals. The CG team has more than 40 years' experience in a variety of industries to provide the specialized support you deserve. From marketing to strategic planning to business operations, CG is focused on your top and bottom line. Best of all, CG advisors are focused on the road ahead and will be with you every step of the way. Visit cgteam.com advisory to learn more about their value-added business advisory and consulting services. Once again, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Thank you for tuning in to the CG Business Advisor podcast. And a reminder, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts from or simply check us out at cgteam.com.